0: These may be challenging times, but have hope and listen to the untold health stories about incredible people who have committed their lives to better their communities. Diverse health activists, direct medical providers, community organizers that are helping our communities to get healthier and stronger. Stories of local heroes during the pandemic and even before that proves over and over again that people can come together during times of need and make the world a better place. Stories you would never hear of, except at Healthcare Untold, hosted by Barbara Ann Garcia. Hello, I'm Barbara Ann Garcia and the host of Healthcare Untold. It is August 19th, 2020. With me today are two incredible Chicano leaders, uh, Nane Alejandres, who is the founder of Varios Unidos, Uh, a violence prevention organization since 1977. He has worked diligently with young people in the area of Santa Cruz, California, in trying to find alternatives for young people. Um, He also has been the co-chair of the Urban Peace and Justice Summit, a national organization that works to forge truces between African Americans and Latino gangs. Our second guest today is Luis Rodriguez, who is a writer, a poet, and a community urban peace activist. Luis has been involved for 25 years in Native American practices. He's also a best-selling author of a book of several books, one called "Vida Loca" and another called "Gangs Day in L.A." We're so happy to have them with us today. Nani, tell us a little bit about the event yesterday that was looking at racial justice in a time of pandemic.
1: Well, uh, first, let me say thank you, uh, thank you, Barbara, and it's always an honor to, to speak with you and to be here. With you and, and, and doing this to uh, uh, share what uh, some of the medicine that, that was shared with us yesterday, uh, you know, during during this this, this time that we've been uh, uh, in our houses working out of Zoom, working out of uh, you know distancing, uh, it, it it takes effect on, on on us mentally and socially. You know, we're we're social people, and we need to we need to see each other. We need to see each other's eyes and stuff. So we, you know, and especially at at this time where it was all the unrest and everything that's going on uh, in their communities, whether it's immigration, it's uh, police shootings, uh, um, uh, you know, farm workers, uh, you know, just the economy and the houseless. uh, we We came up with the idea of why don't we address racial justice in a pandemic, during a pandemic? And from there, we could take on you know, incarceration, uh, uh, the political climate, and where are we as RASA, where do we stand? And and how does that affect our health? Well, it, for me personally and others that I've been talking to, not doing events like this uh, was hurting me uh, health-wise. And so when I contacted uh, Louise uh, and I contacted Danny Glover and I said, uh, you know, let's do it. actually, Danny Glover also uh, reached out and said, "Nani, let's do something at Barrio. Let's do something that you know we can do a, a small gathering and still, you know, have social justice, have masks, and, and let's get together." And Luis was of the same thing, and so we, we gathered and we we had a beautiful event. We brought in the young people; they helped us with the social media. I, I haven't counted how many people viewed it, but I've been getting a lot of response. And the uh, the medicine was great.
0: Well, that's such an um, important part of our social interaction, uh, Nane, and, um, and you know, the pandemic um, really restricts us to uh, close contact and being in close uh, quarters and also in crowded conditions, And but there's safety and that we can do to protect ourselves so we can engage with our familias and also with our communities, and I really uh, respect the fact that you really have taken that and tried to figure out a way for us to engage, especially in this social justice unrest. We really want to talk to each other about that dynamic and how it's really influencing uh, the future of healthcare and the future of social justice in our country. I wondered, Luis, if you could also share your experience uh, yesterday.
2: Well, it was uh, quite amazing. You know, Barisunidos. Unidos, I've known him for 25 years and I knew them before then. I know nine and the work he's been doing. Every time I come here, I feel at home. I feel like this is a, a, a an audience is going to understand the depth of what we need to talk about. So I always try to get into a deeper analysis of things because I think here they can get it. Uh, I hope you know what I'm saying. Yes. In other words, uh, let's get to the nitty-gritty, if you say. Yes. Let's get down and talk about some serious things. So it was a really good audience. Everybody was safe distance, mass, Everything was he- uh, healthy-wise, so there was no problem. Uh, but uh, the issues I had to raise had to do with Again, imagining the kind of world we need now, because that's what the pandemic has shown, that we got so much work to do. There's a lot of uh, brokenness in our system. And you can't really fix a system with broken pieces. So you have to imagine what needs to be here. And the kind of work we're doing, we don't imagine more prisons. We don't imagine prisons. We don't imagine that police have to be in our communities as an army. We don't imagine that people have to be without homes don't imagine that people have to be uh, unemployed and not able to work. And when they do work, not get paid enough to survive. We have another imagination. And that's really what I wanted to bring out. How can we imagine a world that's just, that's uh, equitable, that is peaceful, and that really takes care of everyone?
0: Oh, that's a beautiful view. And I think that I'm very optimistic as well, Luis. You know, Mm -hmm. when you think about the architecture of these um, types of facilities, they're not made for people and humans, number one. And this pandemic showed it in terms of what happened at San Quentin, which then influenced San Francisco, um, and I'm sure in every other in the nursing homes. These are structures that have to change. And I really see this pandemic from a healthcare perspective really changing the way that we're going to be able to care for people in a different model. And I think you've Slam that against the the whole issue of social justice. And I really do have faith as well, uh, Luis, that we have to change the dynamic. I mean, people, the governors were talking about how to release people who were nonviolent offenders.
2: Oh, I know. And they should have never
0: been there in the first place.
2: You're right. And they're institutionalizing everything because you're talking about nursing homes. Institutionalizing. Our elderly, our elders were always with us. We don't know how to keep them healthy and keep them near our communities. You know what I'm saying? Right. The institution lies in the people who get in trouble um, and putting them away and setting them up to be um, hurt because that's what happened with the pandemic. Uh, prisoners got hit extra hard, much more than they should have been. And then you know how to handle it. They were transferring guys that had COVID to other prisoners that didn't have anything and then making it hard for everybody. That's what's going to happen. So I think we're, we're looking at the way they've done things, was wrong, it's not workable. I don't think we can keep that system going, but I think that we are looking at, there has to be another way to go, another systemic way of looking at health, looking at our well-being, because otherwise uh, we're just gonna fall on the same old thing. And I really think that this kind of proved it. It's almost like, uh, I hate to say this, but the, the only good thing about the pandemic It shows that another world
0: is possible. That's absolutely. And Nani, you know, I do want to recognize, I know Luis uh, talked about this, about, you know, how much he loves you and the fact of the work that he's done with you. And I just want to share my love to you as well. You know, I've known Nani for, I think we counted, maybe 40 years. And, uh, you know, and it's been beautiful to watch your development and then also the impact that you've had on so many communities I said you're from Santa Cruz but you really have impacted the nation Mm -hmm. and the world in terms of the work that you've done and I've watched your growth in this and so I really want to recognize you as one of our health leaders as one of our social justice leaders and these kinds of events that you do with your brothers and your sisters and everybody helping you uh, really uh, show how we can safely continue our social justice work in the time of a pandemic. Just wanted you to share uh, any uh, of your wisdom to us, Nani. Thank you.
1: Uh, you know, I, I want to share two things that uh, that are from from the people. Uh, one is from an individual that's very you know involved, and but you know we go through tragedies at this time, you know, and we can't you know if you lose a relative uh, by whatever means, and you, you know you can't we we don't do funerals like we used to, and, and this is a brother that was here yesterday. He texted me this, this morning. Hey, Nane, thank you so much for the invitation <clears throat> to yesterday's event. It was very moving. The music brought tears to my eyes, brought some relief to my soul. Having recently lost my brother, it was pretty meaningful. I bought four books to give away. You are the inspiration that binds us, Nane, Aho. And, and But be- just before that, I received uh, two letters from uh, from Black and Brown in incarcerated in the prison because we're very concerned of our relatives inside. And the brother, this one brother writes, I am sending this letter for one of the Hispanics out of fear of being targeted. He does not want his name mentioned. There is a real fear of retaliation against against a pattern. A pattern that is developed here. At CTF, that inmates that put in 602s expect a visit either by building COs or ISU. Even writing this makes me a target, but they, but That's 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 the life of a peace warrior. Yeah. I, I will. The first chance I get, and when then, stay strong. Much love, respect. You know, these are, these are individuals that are reaching out to us that they can't go nowhere. You know, we're out here. We can, you know, isolate in our houses or wherever, and we can go outside to the beach and walk, but our relatives that are incarcerated have nowhere to go, you know, and having, having several personal relatives, and they, they, they are calling me from different institutions and we're trying to respond the best the best way we can, right? You know, right. same thing with Danny Glover having his nephew, you know. And and, and we're we going here. We are activists, and Ramiro, I mean Ramiro and, and, and Luis, you know. That we are activists. Yet it's happening to our families, right? So that's why very important that we that we come together,
0: right? I have a very good friend, one of my longest term friends. In fact, uh, Nana, he was the, one of the first directors of salud. He lives in. Uh, Tucson, and uh, his nephew is now in uh, in the jail in the local jail and he's talking to him about you know kind of the peer pressure of not wearing masks and you know that whole dynamic of you know it's peer pressure in you know the outside but the whole dynamic of the fear that he has for his nephew to even live for the term that he's going to be in that, in that facility. And I can tell you from being a health expert, these facilities are poisonous facilities. They're not meant for human occupancy. And so I believe in my heart and I the work that you're doing is contributing to this, that we can change these structures. We have to change these structures in order for people to, you know, we know that the, the criminal justice system has been so unfair to our communities and we have to have different ways to be able to manage... You know, those uh, young people who get themselves into trouble and you get down to the roots of many of those incidents. And we know what that's about. It's about poverty and racism. So I have the hope that we have to work on getting our young people out of these facilities, particularly during this pandemic. But, um, you know, you've been working on this for decades now. So I do really want to honor you um, in the work. What's your next steps? What do you think you're going to do from this?
1: Well, I just I just got word that uh, uh, the eight in, uh, ju- uh, young people that are at Juvenile Hall are uh, are getting moved from Santa Cruz County to to uh, Santa Clara County uh, because of the fires that we have here. Uh, that we don't know what might happen and who they might be exposed to during that move.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're going to Santa Clara, which has had many more cases than we have uh so as, not only through the pandemic and, and covid are we being ex- are they being exposed but th- within within the incarceration uh there's there's they're they're getting exposed to also the the, the systems that exist within these uh institutions uh, around around the politics of, of where you're from you know yeah. so so not only you deal with the pandemic but you also deal with that you know, you're from Santa Cruz. I'm from San Jose. Right. You know, and where they're where they're put at. Right. Know? Right. And there's and, a whole dynamic
0: I'll, in those facilities and those institutions. There's different dynamic, Yeah. You
1: know, and and so yeah, people have to realize that. And, and I'm I'm sure and I hope so that those that are doing that uh, take precautions and and check in with the community.
0: Absolutely, Luis. Do you, you, you know, want-
1: again, we're, we're, <laughs> we 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 don't stand still. We keep moving. Right. And like. Our, our, our leader, John Lewis, told us we keep getting in good trouble and, and we, we, we move forward. And, and I think Luis and I and Danny are going to talk about this because this is, uh, uh, this is something that needs to continue in different communities. We're blessed that we have this land here in, in, in Santa Cruz that we're able to host people and social distance people. We can hold 100 people around, around our center outside in a good in a good way, you may learn to manage it. I think we learned a lot in terms of what, what's the best way to do uh, uh, the social distancing. Uh, but just being six feet away from a from a friend, from a relative. It gave us a lot of spirit, you know.
0: Well, you know, during the AIDS epidemic, we developed a, um, you know, the activists developed what we called harm reduction, and that was accepting where we are and then trying to reduce ways to be able to, um, you know, save lives. And also, um, you know, and this was when needle exchange came in and some of um, the other um, issues that we dealt with during the AIDS epidemic. And, you know, for, some, for the world, it was a pandemic as well, but not... It, very different than what we're facing now. Um, and so I do believe that we're at a point in this pandemic where we have to start thinking differently of how to bring back our families together in a safe way. And Latinos are being impacted three times in the white population in this transference of this virus. And we know major issues are, one is the fact that we're so we're the essential workers and so we're super exposed to the public. We have large families, and we have small living conditions. Um, so those are the things that we have to manage. And I think they're very manageable if we can do it in the right way. Um, and uh, I want to um, ask uh, to with, to share with the listening audience, Nani, about your land, because I know that's a, a really important um, um,
2: well, this, place this for is, you.
1: Again, this is something that we have, uh, we have been talking about. Uh, and, and we didn't have a roadmap to acquire, uh, you know, land and the, the people that I used to look up to was the, uh, Centro de la Raza in, in, uh, in, in uh, Seattle with the maestro, uh, maestas, you know, uh, and how they obtained land. <clears throat> so I used to look up to the North because there wasn't very many places to look uh, around here. And so we purchased, uh, almost two acres of prime real estate here in Santa Cruz and, uh, you know, we were we were able to sustain ourselves through through the uh, through the uh, 2008 uh, uh, computer crash and all that stuff that happened. The economy, um, and then we survived, and we were able to purchase uh, uh, five acres of land uh, up in the mountains in the hills of Apples, which I was there this morning. And 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 it's so necessary that we are land based people without no land. Yeah. And so you know, the Tia uh, Chuchas the the, the uh, uh, courage and all the uh, other organizations that are out in, in the uh, in our communities we need to start really looking at how do we purchase our own block our own land so that we can uh, so many people come from the Bay Area to utilize the uh, the Walter Guzman Retreat Center you know and, and and to come here and see and walk around that this is our block. And uh, you know we just got it appraised, uh, you know, uh, it, it appraised at 4.9 million, you know. Uh, so we're now we're looking at developing uh, into housing and stuff because we want to keep we want to keep our homegrown uh, uh, young people from Santa Cruz. They won't will not be able to to afford a place to live. And if we look at at, at other nonprofits that. That we there we you know in the six and seven we didn't think about buying land, we didn't think about buying you know places in the mission or or other barrios
0: we were just trying uh, to make payroll
1: <laughs> trying to make payroll you're trying to just if you had payroll right. and, and here you know now you know we don't have place, we don't have those places anymore,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I was raised in the neighborhood center. It went from the East Long Beach neighborhood center to the, the, the centro of Raza. And today it's the Cambodian neighborhood center, you know, so neighborhood centers. And it's so important. That's how where I got my, my, my juice to be able to do social justice work as well. Nani. It's so important for us to have institutions like yours.
1: Well, I remember Barbara, and you, you've always been a, a she rule of mine, you know, and, uh, you know, I was telling Louise that, you know, you know, uh, you uh, gave me an opportunity when uh, others wouldn't give me an opportunity here in Santa Cruz, and I'll never forget that. You
0: know? Well, I saw your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's
1: why we, we saw people's eyes yesterday. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, what, you know what the blessing was? Here's a young lady at 21 years old. I didn't have a moderator, you know, and, and, and at the last minute I said, I said, do you moderate I don't think she even knew what the word moderated was. (laughs) I'll do it. And she moderated the conversation between Danny Glover and Luis Rodriguez. Who would have have gave her that opportunity?
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like she did an amazing job.
2: She did
1: an amazing job. Yes.
0: Well, you know, we we were mentored and now it's our time. To start mentoring as many people as we can. And uh, so, Luis, you know, our poet laureate um, of the Chicano movement, I really wanna uh, uh, allow you a couple minutes here just to give some reflection and uh, let's praise our brother Nane there. And uh, also, I just wanna highlight a little bit of your new book coming out. Do you wanna share some time with us on that? Yeah,
2: yeah. so first of all, I want to say that I'm so honored to know Nane, to work with him. The work is real, it's authentic. It's- you know, I work with a lot of people, and I will, I'm going to say honestly, Barrios Unidos is one of the most important, uh, genuine Barrio Raza uh, community groups that I've ever worked with. Uh, there's a lot of them. I, I know Santa de Raza. I know all these great people. I know people all over the country. and uh, But, man, Barrios Unidos stands out because the the realness. Yes. And uh, they don't back off, and they hang with people. Um, and it's hard. It's hard work, as you know. There's yes. People traumatized and hurt, and, and and they're always going through something, but they're there. And so I learned a lot of healing practices uh, through Bodies with Needles that I brought to the work that I do. Um, and so at the Achuchas, which came, um, been around for 20 years, not as long as Bodies with Needles, but now it came to our opening and uh, gave me a feather and uh, and beautiful words to, to connect us like sister organizations. And I always thought that. The Chuchas de Cetural and Baris News are sister organization. We have similar work they're trying to do. Um, a few years ago, we started this program called Trauma to Transformation, working with incarcerated, uh, working with juvenile hall, working probation camps, working in parole housing. The same work that uh, Baris News does, we're doing there now. I incorporated my son, who I mentioned, Ramiro, who did 15 years in prison and uh, now he's helping mentoring some of these young people we're working with some of these guys coming out of the pinta out of the prison so th- we're connected in that way and that's what i think was important by yesterday
0: yes. that we
2: stay connected uh i'm in los angeles he's here in santa cruz but the work is, is the same and it's also it's getting worse i mean that, i don't mean the situation that we're doing I'm, I'm saying the situation in our communities um there's more issues and we have to be there uh, the only thing I want to just add is that I really appreciate you talking about these young people. We have to engender new leadership. We have to engender new leaders. Uh Whatever we do, we have to turn it over to uh, these youth so that they themselves can uh, take on what we started and laid out. Both me and, and we will be around for a while. We're not going anywhere, but <laughs> right. our years are, you know, how it's getting a little bit... That ruler's know, getting longer. I, I don't move as they used to.
0: <laughs> right, those numbers uh, are getting bigger.
2: Yeah, but what happened is a couple of years ago, me and my wife were running the two children, especially Trini, She was there all day long. Um, we turned everything over to these young people. Yes, they are now. It's now in their hands. They're doing an amazing job, including during the pandemic. We actually raised more money and ended up selling more books and doing more projects online, virtually than we were doing when we had the place open. That's, so uh, mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. We're still there. We're still elders on the board. I still help with a lot of things but it's now
0: in their hands. Yeah, you, okay. you know, the founders of many of their organizations, you know, uh, many people are still there. I know lots of executive directors who have been, you know, 20, 30, 40 and, you know, I can remember, Nana, you you started your, uh, your organization out of your trunk of your car. I know that. And uh, I think that um, now you, you've established and you know, we do um, have to now think about how we start engaging young people into the work and, you know, these kinds of events that you did yesterday I really think help in bringing uh, young people to leadership roles you know I bet that young woman becomes a a famous moderator in the future but you gave her that opportunity you know and that's what's so important is for us to give opportunities to the young people to take on leadership roles and you know that's the direction of nonprofits in the future you know I've talked about the fact that mutual benefit societies uh, my my mother was a Guadalupana my grandfather was a penitente in Nueva Mexico. Those were, you know, they can, you can talk all you want about what they were, but what they were were mutual benefit societies that helped each other, to make sure everybody had food to eat, and they were supported. And I do believe to. we have to develop more mutual benefit societies in the future to get through this political dynamic of people not caring about us and hopefully with the new political dynamic that's going to happen, that maybe we we'll get a little bit more care, but it's really going to be up to our communities to take care of ourselves. Nana, you saw what I had to go through with the earthquake, and it was all yeah. about turning around and looking and going, hey, there ain't nobody here to help us. We're going to have to do this on our own. And we did a great job. People jumped up and really helped out. And I still think that that is possible, and I really believe that, uh, your organizations will strengthen for the future, and we're going to need more.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, you should know that me, my wife Trini, we have a podcast. Uh, yes. Every hour, so people can listen. You can just look it up on Google. Google it. You, it comes up. And uh, and I do have my new book. It just came out this year from Our Land to Our Land. Okay. And I, uh, can get the book. My first book of essays. Uh, but it's important because it actually speaks to the situations that we're talking about now. Yes. I do, it happened before the pandemic, it happened before the George Floyd protests, but it speaks to all of this in its own way. So, um, hey, I, I hope people can get a hold of that book. and, also listen to us in the Hummingbird uh, Cricket
0: Hour. Yes, Hummingbird Cricket Hour, a, a new podcast, and um, I really, uh, I turned it on the other day, and it's beautiful, Luis. You, you both do such a beautiful job, and your new book, From uh, Our Land to Our Land, I really encourage our listening audiences to buy the books, support our brothers who and who are doing this great work, and also listening to podcasts. Uh, you know, Luis, I don't know if you think about this, but I ask everybody that um, listens to the podcast or asked to be on the podcast podcast is a new type of communication uh, for our communities and i've been really encouraged by really um you know trying to and the way that it's spread is through people right and so i do think that um it's really important for the uh, our podcast hosts to support each other in our podcast so uh i really uh, i'll be one of your major listeners
1: Thank you. Barbara, if I, if I can just have a, a couple of seconds here. I want to
0: Absolutely.
1: Read From our land, to our land, uh, it's a, a, one of the individuals that, that uh, we've worked inside the prison. And I think this is it's short, but it's very, I can't see them coming down my eye. So I, had made, so I made this pen, this poem cry, this pen bleed, this paper scream, with emotions, with hopes, it makes us free
0: mm.
1: by someone incarcerated in the California prison.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And this
1: is, this is what, what, what Luis is doing in the institutions is, is, is helping our brothers and sisters uh, 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 heal by, by writing their stories, writing their poems. And we've had such incredible people. You know we look at people that have been incarcerated. You know, uh, and our leaders, you know, like like Cesar Chavez, like Martin Luther King, uh, you know, on and on and on. All these folks that, you know, Malcolm X, all these folks that, that give us a lot, you know. So a lot of good writings are coming from the inside.
0: Yes, and we need more Chicano writers and more Latino writers and more Latinx writers and poets. And uh, so, I really thank you, Luis, for your leadership in in the arts and in the social justice realm, and and Nani uh, for always being there for community and um, you know really being there for people who are incarcerated and also let's free them from uh, those terrible facilities. Um, you know, I watched um, what. We did in San Francisco by reducing the number of young people in the youth guidance centers there uh, where, you know, we, when I would meet with them on, uh, on a monthly basis, I could see 120 kids, 115 kids, 110 kids. And, you know, when working with mental health services and social services, people were really able to drop those numbers down. So a year later, 10, 12, I mean, we can and, you know, that's the stepping stone to the next facility. And so, you know, working with young people early is so important. So any um, lasting thoughts or last thoughts for, from both of you?
2: Well, I just want to say that uh, we're on our way. In the middle of this pandemic, the move, the future is coming at us and telling us what we need to do. And, uh, and it's, it's keeping me and others like me going. I'm 66 years old this year, I know Nane is not older, but we're, we're energized. I tell people I'm not retiring, I'm refiring. <laughs> I'm moving forward now with people and others joining with us so that we're part of the sweep of history, instead of just standing on the sidelines.
0: Absolutely. So I'm we're,
2: really honored to be part of that and be there with, with Nane and Barrios Unidos and all the all the great people out there doing the same thing.
0: Beautiful. And I hope that this uh, podcast can also document your life as well for the listening audience. Nane... You know, I want
1: to I want to encourage uh, young organizers and people out there to uh, really think about their financial situation um, and and really think about what they're going to do because you know Luis and I didn't think uh, that we're going to be you know over thirty you know and and here we are you know uh, August thirty first I'll be seventy one never in my life could I ever thought that I would you know get to be the joy of being this age. So I would, I would say to young people, think about it, you know, and make sure that you take care of your family, of yourself. Because here we are, we're sitting here, we're doing this, this podcast, and we don't have a retirement plan.
0: Yeah.
1: We, you know, we, we, we have to continue to keep working and stuff. And so uh, institutions, financial institutions, foundations need to need to look at this, how they can support, uh, 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 um, you know, folks that have dedicated their life to, to peace and justice, but also look for the future, the, the next generation of our people, that they don't make the same mistakes that we made, and they were mistakes. We just had to do what we had to do, and, and uh, you know, there's no crying shame in that. It's just giving the advice that just because we do this work doesn't mean that we have to be poor. You know, many, many revolutionaries right now are trying to make it, you know, so whatever Social Security is given them.
0: And that's not enough. That's right. That's right. Well, I want to thank you on the behalf of Healthcare Untold for being uh, heroes uh, for us. Neris Rodriguez and Nane Alejandres, uh, gracias. Thank you. thank you. God bless you and continue your work uh, in peace and justice. Thank you both.
1: Healthcare Untold. Healthcare untold.